This morning, I, we're, uh, we're going to continue our series in just a second, but uh, you, know, you heard me just say we have missionaries in Ukraine, we have churches in Ukraine, Nazarene churches, and uh, yeah, I just felt like it would be appropriate for us this morning, especially since we're going to be talking a lot about prayer today, <laughs> to just, just take a moment and just quiet our hearts and just pray for the church in Ukraine. Uh, we have Nazarene brothers and sisters, Christian brothers and sisters over there, uh, and uh, there's been some prayers floating around on Facebook from different pastors and different things, and uh, you know, I just want to just, just echo those prayers, prayers for peace, prayers for comfort, prayers for uh, just everything. So would you just, would you just pray with me for today? I'm going to read one of these prayers. Uh, let's pray. This pastor says, God of peace and justice, we pray for the people of Ukraine today. We pray for peace and the laying down of weapons. We pray for all those who fear for tomorrow, that your spirit of comfort would draw near to them. We pray for those with power over war and peace, for wisdom, discernment, and compassion to guide their decisions. Above all, we pray for your precious children at risk and in fear, that you would hold and protect them. We pray in the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we echo those. We echo that prayer of, I believe that's the Archbishop uh, who who prayed that prayer. We echo that prayer. Uh, we've been getting messages from our district superintendent in Ukraine, uh, from our Nazarene brothers and sisters in Ukraine, uh, and we just want to just keep them in prayer this week. So and and obviously beyond that. But I just, I hope that you would just continue to pray uh, for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. Yeah. Amen. Let me say, let me continue praying this morning and we'll, we'll dive into our series. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the time we share together. Thank you for the, uh, just the joy it is to be able to come together and worship. And God, we even as we pray in this moment, remembers our, we, re, we remember, we think about our brothers and sisters in Ukraine who are unable to gather and worship this morning. They're unable to, to gather homes. They are unable to get out of their shelters in many cases. And God, we lift them up. We pray, again, echoing this prayer, that you would, would bring them peace. You are the Prince of Peace. We know that about you. We, we have sensed that. We know that. We, we feel that. God, we just pray that you would bring comfort and peace in that situation today. And even, even though they cannot gather for worship, may they have a, a greater sense of the Christian community globally who is with them and praying for them. And uh, God, we just, we lift them up this morning. But God, this morning as we gather here in Fresno, we just pray that you would uh, speak through your word once again, that you would use me, that the, the words that come out of my mouth would not be my words, but that they would be your words for your people on your day, God. We are here to hear from you. God, may we leave this place knowing that we have heard from you and knowing that we have met with the one true God. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are in week two of our Rooted series. It's a series that we do every year, uh, and really what we do every year is we come at the beginning of the year, and uh, this is the second week that I've been with you in 2022, so we've come at the beginning of this, and we just talk about who we are here at Fresno Church, what God has called us to be, who God has called us to be, what he has called us to do, where he has called us to go, uh, and we really talk about this mission statement that we have that really boils down to three words, connect, grow, serve, connect. We connect people with people, 
grow. We connect people with God and serve. We connect God to the world. It is, it's really that simple. It's easy to remember, but it's not always easy. I'll, I'll say that. It's easy to remember, connect, grow, serve, but it's not always easy to actually live this out and do what God is calling us to do. And so we always, every year, spend the first three weeks of every year just reminding ourselves of who we are and what God is calling us to be. Last week, we talked about connect and the kind of relationships that we need to have in our lives this year, specifically this year, to help us to become the people that God is calling us to be. And then we talked about three different relationships. People that encourage us. People like Barnabas in the early church. Barnabas, the son of encouragement. To, to just go out and encourage one another. To, to spur each other on. Not to cheer for each other. Not like a rah-rah encouragement. But to, to encourage you. To push you further. To, to continue your faith. To, to push forward in faith. You know, we need people in our lives that help us find strength in God, like a Jonathan to Dave. We need people in our lives that will help call us out and keep, will keep us accountable, like Nathan and David. You know, we, I hope you, you have, my challenge to you last week was to write a letter uh, to someone that fit one or all of those roles for you. Uh, and I hope that you have taken time to maybe do that, and uh, I hope that has just been a blessed time for you. Um, I know it has been for me, and so I just I, I encourage you, if you haven't yet, do that, do that. Uh, and uh, this morning, I really want to lay the foundation for where we're going this year in terms of grow. Uh, and I really believe this, this year, this year, we are going to be a church that focuses on prayer. We're going to be a f- church that focuses on prayer. Last year, if you remember, our, our focus was about scripture, learning and following scripture, both personally and in community. You heard me say that, I think, probably at least 52 times. I might have said it every week. Uh, and, uh, and this year, we're going to be really talking and building a lot on prayer. Our focus is really going to be building intimacy with God through prayer. Now, that happens here and as a community. We're going to be praying a lot more together here in very intentional ways. Uh, and uh, also in our own individual personal prayer times. You know, stuff like remembering things like that are going on in the world. Like we just even just spent, I don't know, just a minute to pray for Ukraine today. We could have spent so much more time. Maybe we will later on in the year as we, as we continue just thinking about missions and praying for what's going on around the world. We're going to pray a lot together this year. Uh, but I also want to really just talk about some, some habits of prayer that we can have and that we can implement in our own lives that will help us to be the people of prayer that God is calling us to be. And so that's really what we're going to talk about today, talk about some habits of prayer, talking about building intimacy with God through prayer. Uh, and really, I, if you just ask me what is prayer, I will just massively oversimplify it and just say this. Prayer is communicating with God. That's what it is. Prayer is communicating with God. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's simple, but it's so hard to believe when you think about it. We have access to the God who created everything. He gives us this access to be able to, to just speak and he listens. Sometimes it hears like our words are like it feels like our words are going are hitting the ceiling and bouncing right back to us. But our God hears us. Right, we know this from scripture. We have a God who hears, we have a God who cares. Scripture tells us that we can come to the throne of grace with confidence. It is it's hard to imagine sometimes that we have that kind of access to the Creator God, but it is true. We have this access. Prayer is communicating with God. Amen. It's, it's, it really is that simple, but just like our three words are simple, it's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to kind of fully grasp what this is. 
I think a beautiful picture of this kind of intimacy that I'm talking about this morning is in Psalm chapter 5. So if you want to go there with me, Psalm chapter 5, probably one of my, when I think about intimacy with God through prayer, I think about this passage. Psalm chapter 5, specifically the first three verses. If you're in one of our pew Bibles on page 464, if you want to join us. Uh, and I'll, I just want to read this and unpack this a little bit, even before we get to some of the habits that I want to talk about this morning in prayer. But I, just, I want you just to grasp the kind of intimacy here that, that this author has. Right, this is David praying to God. And here's what he says, verse 1. We're just going to read the first three verses. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. I just want to stop, stop right there. Actually, I'm going to read this again. I want you to just, just close your eyes and just hear this. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. Hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. Now, I think this is just a beautiful picture of intimacy. I want to just unpack this quickly before we move on to these habits. I just want you just to, to hear these sentences. Listen to my words, Lord. Consider my lament. This word lament is literally a sigh or a groan. It's basically saying, God, would you just, would you just hear this groan, hear this sigh of mine? Now, I don't know if you've been in any, any relationship that you've been close enough. This can happen in friendships, dating, marriage, doesn't matter really what kind of relationship. When you grow close enough to someone, you know what a groan means. I could be sitting in the car with Rachel, the kids say something, and I'm just like, ugh. She knows exactly what I just said. She knows the whole two paragraphs that came out with that little groan, right? If we're just talking, and I can even just give her a look, and she knows exactly what I'm saying, right? When you're close enough to someone, you know that even just a groan is saying something. And here's, David is saying, listen to my words, but hear my, hear my lament, hear my sigh. I'm speaking to you, but I'm also, I don't even know if I'm able to speak what I'm trying to say right now. Consider my sighs as well. Here's my words, but consider my sighs. Consider my groans, God. Uh, this is just a, it's just a grand picture of intimacy with God, I think, with David here. I mean, he's just saying, God, consider my sighing, my groaning, my lamenting. These things that I just, I don't know about, I just am not sure about. Just, ah. Consider even that, God. It says, hear my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. Even in this sentence, he's acknowledging that God is more than just something he believes in. This is my King and this is my God that I'm talking to right now. This is is a personal relationship here. This is not just God who is up there somewhere and me, who lowly me, who is down here doing whatever. Like This is a relationship. He is my king. He is my God. This is a personal thing for David. It says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. Just, just think about that. You hear my voice. The confidence of David. He knows when he's praying, he is heard. I think we sometimes lack that confidence. 
That when we pray, we are heard. But David knows when I, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. And that, honestly, if you stop and think about it, is just a, a life-changing revelation that God hears our voice. The creator of the universe, the sustainer of all that is, cares about what it is that you are saying. He hears your voice. And I love this last part. This last part, I think, is the most important one. I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. I wait in expectation. God, you are so good. You've been so faithful. God, I know you. I know your goodness. Here is what is on my heart. I cannot wait to see what you do with this. I cannot wait to see how you move in this circumstance. I cannot wait to see how you move in this situation. I wait expectantly for you. I wait expectantly for an answer. I wait expectantly knowing that you have heard me and knowing that you love me enough to, to, to move in this situation, whether it is the way that I am expecting or not, I wait expectantly for you to move. I don't know about you, but I want the kind of intimacy that David has with God here in my own prayer life. And I want it for you. I pray this kind of intimacy over you in your prayer life with God. And this is what I, this is what I want to talk about for the next year. We're not going to talk about prayer all year, but we're going to, I want to just practically pray together, practically do some things that are going to help us build this intimacy, this kind of intimacy. My prayer is that we can have this kind of intimacy with God in each of our prayer lives as we seek Him over this year. The question is, how? How can I begin to pray like David has prayed? How can I begin to pray with the kind of intimacy that David prays with here? How I, I'm not as close to God as David was. How do I, how do I get there? How do I get to this place where I can pray like David prays? And I'm hoping that we can, we can build intimacy with God through prayer over the course of the year. But I want to start today just by kind of laying the foundation. And some of these will probably sound familiar. We've talked about some of these habits over the, over the course of, I don't know, how long, seven years that I've been here. We've talked about some of these before. But I just want to just, just highlight some of these basic habits for prayer that it will help us to build a foundation to be able to, to grow, to be able to build intimacy with God through prayer. Here's the first habit, or the first thing we need to do and make sure we're doing, is we need to be authentic. We need to be authentic with God. You know, sometimes we, we put on a show for God when we pray. You know, we, we sit down for dinner, and we... We start, begin to pray over our meal, and the prayer comes out, Oh God, creator and sustainer of the universe. And you're just thinking, where did that come from? Like, I, I don't normally pray like that. I don't normally talk like that. I don't, I don't know where, where some of this came from. And, you know, I can, I can just imagine as a dad, you know, one of your kids comes up to you when they start talking. And they go, Dad, omnipotent, omnipotent leader of the household. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, this, is, this is not the way we talk. This is not the way that we, this is not our relationship, right? Like, this, my kids are not ever going to say that. My kids are 8 and 12. They might know that word, they might not, but I guarantee you they are never going to use the word omnipotent for me. <laughs> Guaranteed. Right? They come up, when, when, those, when my two kids come up to me, they aren't watching their language. They're not trying to say, like, the perfect thing to me. They're not trying to, they just come up and they just, they start talking Dad, dad, daddy, dad, get, get my attention. Dad, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. This happened at school today. What do you think about this? 
I'm going through this. Can you, can you help me out here? This person at school, I had this conversation with this person at school, and it just kind of rubbed me wrong. I just need to, what do you think? These are the conversations that we have. These are the kind of conversations that we have when we're, when we're deep in relationship with someone. Don't get me wrong, there's definitely a reverence and a respect that needs to happen when we pray. We, we pray to an omnipotent creator God. This is absolutely true. But as we build into a deeper relationship, we, we, we focus, we give them all our attention, we spend quality time in there, but sometimes you know, we do so, and we do so inauthentically. Now, here's a question for you this morning, just to kind of test to see where you are on this spectrum. When you address God when you pray, do you use the title that you use because that's who you know God as, or do you use the title that you use because that's how you've been taught to pray? Some people start with Father God. That's a great, that is a name for God. That is a great name for God. Do you know God as Father, or is this just something that you were taught to say? Yeah, I, I, I just, do you say some of the things that you say in prayer because you feel like you have to, or because you really mean them? I think we need to be authentic in our prayer. You know, for, for a long time, I've been trying to pray just very simply. Take a deep breath. You know this about me. <laughs> Take a deep breath. I say, God, I love you. Start every prayer that way. Not to toot my own horn and say that I've arrived in prayer some way. I definitely have not. I have a long way to go. But that is who I know God as. I struggle with God as Father. I struggle with God as a lot of different things in my life. And so I just, God. God, I love you. Or if I'm praying for us, God, we love you. Do you you say the things that you say in prayer because you you know God as that or because you've been taught to pray in those ways? Now, if you've been taught to pray in those ways, that's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with starting a prayer with God, Father, however you... There's nothing wrong with any of that. You are addressing the God of the universe who wants to hear from you, his child, But my hope and my prayer is that as we begin to build intimacy with God, we begin to to address God as who we know him as. We begin to to just have conversations with him. We don't need to just start to to use big words and do all these things that maybe we don't even really know what we're saying. We just need to come with authenticity when we pray. There's a, just, when, I, when I think about this, I think about Moses. Moses, you know, he's called to, to go and to, to get the people out of Egypt. He's called, he goes to the burning bush, he goes to Egypt, he goes to Pharaoh, talks to Pharaoh, and he's, he's, he's brought the people out of Egypt. And, and in Exodus chapter 5, we hear this prayer. It's basically like, God, like, what am I doing here? <laughs> he basically just says, Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is, it, is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. We know Moses is there. Moses is doing the work that God has called him to do, and he's confused. He's like, this is not what I was promised. This is not what I thought was going to happen. This is not going the way that I thought this should go. And he just says, Lord, what is going on here? This is the kind of authenticity that we can pray with as well. It's okay to start a prayer with God. What in the world is going on? I think there's probably a lot of people in Ukraine right now thinking this prayer. 
God, what are you doing right now? Where are you in the midst of all of this? What is going on right now? How we can pray with the same authenticity. You know, in fact, look at Jesus. Only two things that Jesus criticized people for in their prayers. One was that they were doing it to be seen by others. They were, they were putting on a show. The second one was that they were inauthentic. And this is Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. It says, when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. I love that. Just don't be like those people. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Jesus criticizes these prayers. These, these prayers are more concerned with what people think in our context, maybe using the words that we think we should say. Or even just using many words. Just being inauthentic. Uh, we just need to be authentic in our prayers. I think if we would talk to God in the same way that we talk to an intimate friend, I think our prayer lives would just be they would just grow. Amen. We would grow in the intimacy that we have with God almost immediately. I think we'd see a significant change almost immediately. Be authentic when you pray. Be authentic. Here's another habit, foundation. If it is important to you, pray about it. If it's important to you, it's important to God, and you can bring it to him. This is part of coming to God authentically, I think. But if it's important to you, take it to God in prayer. Scripture is pretty clear in Philippians chapter 4. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. This is every situation. The big things, the small things, the seemingly insignificant things, the very significant things. Every situation. Just it's, If it's important to you, it is important to God and is is not even just good to bring it to him. It is right to bring it to God. Just, just a quick tour through Scripture gives you a feel for, for the uniqueness of what people prayed for. Let me think about this. Zacharias, he wanted a son. He said, God, please give me a son. Solomon asked for wisdom. He says, above all else, give me wisdom. Moses and Samson prayed for water. Daniel had a dream, and he prayed that God would help him understand what it meant. Gideon felt called by God to do something, prays for a sign to say, this is you, give me a sign. Abraham had a servant who prayed that God would give him favor to find a wife for his son Isaac. David prayed for a clean heart and a fresh spirit. Elijah prayed that it would not rain and then that it would rain. It didn't. And then it did. Disciples prayed for boldness. Jesus prayed that his disciples would be one. All of these things mattered greatly to the people who were praying these things. It was important to them, so it was important to God. They brought it to him. What matters to you? Bring it up in prayer. Pray about it. Headaches, health issues, 
struggling with family stuff, personal issues. First Peter 5, 7, cast your cares or anxiety on him because he cares for you. Right? God cares about you. What is important to you is important to God. You can take it to him. Here's the third thing. So we pray authentically. If it's important to you, bring it up. We pray also, third, often. Often. We pray often. And here's, here's what I think. I think this can really change the way that we pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Now, it is, it is great to set time aside every day to pray. To be able to sit wherever you are, to be able to just focus in and to pray. But don't let that be the only time that you pray. Pray often. Something comes to mind, pray about it. Uh, you've, I know I've said this before. There was a British evangelist who... Every time I say his name, I just want to straighten my tie. His name is Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> and he said this. He said this about prayer. I never pray for more than 20 minutes, but I never go 20 minutes without praying. Now, do I think you need to set a timer every 20 minutes and pray? No. But I think what he's talking about here is huge for us. If something comes up in your mind, you see something going on, say a quick prayer. It doesn't need to be a 30-minute prayer, a 20-minute prayer. You don't need to just sit and close your eyes. You could be driving and see an ambulance drive by and say, God, I just pray for whatever situation that is right now. I pray that you would be with, with, uh, with the ambulance, the doctors, with the family, whatever is going on. I just pray for that situation. Amen. And that's it. That, that took... 10 seconds to be able to pray for that situation, but, but it's, it's constant, just being in constant communication with God. Think about this. When you, when you have something to say to, to a friend or to your spouse or to someone you're dating, when you, when you have something to say to them, do you wait for like, hey, we're going to talk every single morning at 8.30 in the morning, and then we're going to talk again at 10 o'clock at night before I go to bed, and then in the middle, we can just kind of do our own thing. I don't need to hear from you. You don't need to hear from me. That's it. That doesn't really sound like a successful relationship to me, right? When you're in a relationship, when, you're, when, you ha when you know someone on an intimate level and something comes up on your mind, you just, hey, I'm, right now in 2022, we just send them a text. Or we send them a quick call. Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, I'm thinking about this for dinner. What do you think? <laughs> hey, hey what, is, what is going on here? You want me to get the kids? You want to get the kids? Like, we talk more than twice a day. The same is true in our relationship with God. I think for some of us, that's an easier mindset to have than really trying to focus in one or two times a day and just focus in on prayer. I think it's easier for some of us, an easier mindset and probably a healthier mindset to be able to say throughout the day, hey, when something comes to my mind, I'm going to be praying for that. I'm going to be praying for that. I remember writing a sermon at a Starbucks a few years ago. This is pre-COVID. And uh, I looked up long enough to catch an older woman who was definitely having a bad day. She had grabbed her coffee, and she was just, the look on her face, it just was heavy. You could just see that she was going through something. She was, she was struggling. So she, she was there. She came in. She got her coffee, and she walked out. And I'm sitting there 
on my computer writing a sermon. And I just, just felt God just stop me there and say, you need to pray for whoever that is. And so I did. I stopped and I prayed. She has no clue that she was prayed for. She has no clue that, that, that I saw her. She has no clue that she was seen or noticed or that someone could see that she was having a bad day, but she was prayed for. And that's the, that's the kind of, of prayer that I'm talking about. That, just that little piece of, of just saying, hey, I'm gonna, I can just, everybody's got 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute or two to be able to just stop what they're doing and just say a quick prayer. Pray continually, pray often. All right? Last thing. <clears throat> I think is the most important thing, and it's something that we get from that Psalm 5 passage. I, I love how he ends this. I lay my request before you, and I wait expectantly. I wait expectantly. This is easily my favorite part of the intimacy that we see in the Psalms passage. Just waiting expectantly on God. I think this is where we fail so much in prayer. Oftentimes we, we go, and we, we start our prayer, we close our eyes, and we start prayer. God, I love you. Oh, da, 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 da. Amen. Out. On to other things. We live busy lives, right? We, we're on to different things. We, we just keep moving and moving, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. But there's relationships require, as we've been saying, two-way communication. No matter what kind of relationship you are in, if you want it to last, you need to communicate. Why, why would we treat our relationship with God any differently? If we want to build intimacy with God through prayer, we need to pray. <laughs> we need to actually speak with God. But in the midst of that, we need to be open to the fact that God wants to speak to us as well. And we need to be able to wait expectantly. Now, God absolutely wants to hear from you, but he wants to be heard by you as well. God wants to be heard by you. Now, how is he going to speak? All sorts of different ways, right? Is there a booming voice? Maybe. Not often, but maybe. Is it through a relationship that you have? Maybe. Through something that you see, something that you read? Maybe. But God is going to speak to you. It's about being open to that fact and waiting expectantly for the response of God to you. God wants to be heard by you just as much as he wants to hear you. Just, just let that soak in this morning. You know, there's that story in 1 Kings 19 where Elijah's in the mountain and he's waiting to hear from God and there's an earthquake and there's a fire and there's all these loud things that, and then just a gentle whisper comes. And Elijah is in tune with God enough, he is intimate with God enough to know that that is the voice of God. Sometimes God does speak through the fire. Sometimes God does speak in the loudness of an earthquake. Sometimes God does that, but we need to be in tune with the voice of God, and we can only do that as we wait expectantly. I've told this story probably 50 times over the last seven years, but I think it's a great story in terms of being in tune with God. It's a story of the grandpa and the grandson hanging out in the garage listening to the baseball game on the radio. They're listening to the game on the radio, and there's just a ton of static on the radio. The, the grandson's having a lot of trouble even just hearing the game on the radio because there's so much static. And he talks to his grandpa. He says, Grandpa, why don't you, is there a better way to listen to this game? Is there, is there another station we could get to? How, how, how are you even hearing this game? And the grandpa just looks at his grandson and he says, I've been listening to this station for this game for so long I don't even hear the static anymore. I just hear the game. This 
This is what it looks like to become intimate with God in prayer. We don't hear the static anymore. When you listen to the same game on the same station, you, don't, you begin to be able to tune out all the things that aren't the game. When you, when you talk to God in the same way and, the same, and you're building intimacy with God, you, you begin to, to be so in tune with God that you begin to just hear God. The intimacy with God grows to, to a place where you can have this relationship with him, this intimate relationship with him. And I just want to encourage you this morning, as you pray this week, to really begin to think about and process, even after you say amen, okay, what would it look like for me to be expectant for God in this? Sort of like a, like a post-game like, dissection. After you pray. Or even just during, while you're praying. I said amen. Okay. Think about my prayer life. What, what did I just pray for? I prayed for my family. Prayed for my church. Prayed for this situation and that situation. What would it look like for me to be expectant on God in all of this? And then put your heart, put your mind in a posture of expectation to know that God is going to move in these and be looking for the ways in which God moves. I think sometimes we miss the answer to our prayers because we forget that we even prayed it. We pray to God and we say, God, I want you to be in this situation. I want you to be with this person, be with that person, be, be over here. And then a couple years goes by and you see that person again and you're like, hey, how did that go? And they're just like, oh. God was just, God, God, God came in such a big way here. It was just amazing. You're like, I prayed for that. I, I prayed along with you for that. Like I, I, but how would it be to not have to wait those two years till you see that person again to be able to get that answer? How, how, what does it look like to really be expectant for God and what we have prayed? We prayed for Ukraine this morning. What does it look like for us to be expectant on God in Ukraine? That's a hard question. Because I don't know. But I, I think what it looked like is we, we know and understand that God is going, God heard our prayer. That the people over in Ukraine right now dealing with all of this junk, maybe they're going to feel a little bit of comfort, a little bit of peace this morning from God, knowing that there's a global community around them. Maybe the expectation is that they feel that comfort, they feel that peace. I don't, I don't know. But what does it look like to be expectant on this prayer? To wait on God expectantly for, for whatever it is that we pray. I, I want you to just think about that. I know it's kind of weird to kind of go through your prayers during a week and think like, okay, I, I just sat and prayed, I just prayed for this. To be able to like have the mental capacity to go back and think about what we prayed for and think about, okay, what would that look like to wait expectantly on God in this situation? But I think it would be a healthy thing for us to do this week. Just to kind of think through our prayers. Think through what, it, what, what we're actually praying for. Does this, this, should I even pray for this? <laughs> you know, all of these different things. And just really start to go deeper into your prayer life. To be able to build intimacy with God through prayer. That's what we're going to be looking at, practicing a lot at the church this year during 2022. 2022 is going to be a year of prayer. I hope you join me in all of that. And my goal and our goal is that our church would be more intimate in our prayer lives with God on January 1st, 2023 than right now on February 27th, 2022. I almost said 21.
That's our prayer. Will we grow deeper in intimacy with God through prayer this year? Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we are here this morning to worship you. We are here this morning to be able to dive into your word, to grow deeper in relationship with you. And God, I just pray that as we have talked this morning about prayer, as we have kind of laid the, the basic foundation for prayer this morning, that you would, you would build on that for us this year. God, would we, would we be authentic in the way that we pray? Would we speak to you out of, a, out of a relationship that we have? God, would we not leave anything out when we pray? If it's important to us, we know that it's important to you. God, would you remind us this week, even in the small moments, that there are things to pray for? And would we be faithful to pray for those things? And God, would we just wait expectantly on you this week? Help us this week to, to really think about our prayer life, to really think about what it looks like to pray in these ways, to build on this foundation. And God, I just pray for a deeper intimacy for all of us with you as we pray this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? As we go, just receive this blessing. Just hold your hands out and just receive a blessing from God. May our God, the God who hears you and wants to be heard by you, be with you this week. May he go ahead of you, be in your workplaces, in your homes, wherever you may be, that you may make a difference for him. May, he, may his voice be clear to you this week as you pray. And may he grow deeper and deeper in his love and grace this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming, everybody.